Final regular season game of the year. Bruins come out victorious. Let's grade out this performance. Good, bad, the ugly, everything. And still talk some hoops as well. Unlocked on UCLA. You are locked on UCLA. Your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everybody, it's your favorite host, it's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, Locked On to UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcasts, and it's available on YouTube, so like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks for your support. UCLA, victorious over Cal in what could be one of their final trips to Berkeley in quite some time. Bruins win it 35-28, sending some of the seniors off for now with their final regular season victory as we await the decision for UCLA football and how things play out in the bowl process, bowl selection committee and all that stuff. You know what I mean? UCLA has been teased to go to the Sun Bowl, Las Vegas Bowl, Alamo Bowl, even the Holiday Bowl from projections I've seen. Variety of opponents, which could be a subpar SEC team. It could be the likes of ACC teams, whatever it may be. UCLA just has to wait and see how the rest of their season will play out in terms of how it will finish against two when and where either way UCLA finishes the regular season nine and three six and three in conference six and two at home three and one on the road they beat Cal by touchdown in a game which like the last three in a row have been if not the last four have been tight affairs even these last four I could say were tight affairs especially late if you include that Arizona State game early part of November where UCLA had a big lead and then had to hold on for dear life. And ever since that near second half letdown, not exactly letdown, but the Bruins were just running right down ASU. The Bruins weren't ready for Arizona, had a bit, had a lead against SC and then came down to earth. And then the Trojans pulled it away late and the Bruins couldn't go down and win it late, just like they couldn't against Arizona. And then in a back and forth Rocky game against Cal, the defense showcased some good by forcing some turnovers, well, special teams and defense combining, and then the offense did just enough to score in Outlast Cal. In the end, in my preseason prediction, I had UCLA going 9-4, and four, and, well, here they are, 9-3, and three, ahead of a potential bowl game, albeit two of the three games were crushing, crushing defeats at home in close fashion. The, oh, the Oregon loss forgivable and now here they came to Cal looking for a win that wouldn't appease many even if it felt good the day after Thanksgiving after your turkey ham or whatever you eat on Thanksgiving or however you celebrated it or even if you didn't watch it at all UCLA came away with a win that didn't maybe leave you feeling very good inside but still a win is a win although many would have traded a win as to get a win against SC. Whatever it is, just beat SC, and the Bruins could have had that season solidified as a, as a good one. And here we are feeling weird about a 9-3 and season where UCLA is one win away from still tying the school record, albeit with 10 wins in potentially 13 games. The Bruins against Cal ended up with twice as many, if not more, first downs, dominated running the football, DTR didn't get over to 200 yards passing, but it was because UCLA ran for 350 yards on the ground. Cal couldn't muster up anything running the football. 67 yards exclusively going through the air 
and torching the UCLA secondary by averaging 12-plus yards per completion from Jack Plummer. Yes, Jack Plummer almost threw for 300 yards and had four touchdowns as UCLA was sitting there saying, all right, back and forth they went. The Bruins trailed by one point, as they've done a few times this season, by multiple scores and came back to win after trailing at half, coming through to take the lead in the third, trailing into the fourth, and UCLA comes through with the win. Offensively, you can kind of feel both ways, right? UCLA had DTR take care of the football after a week where maybe many placed the blame on DTR. Maybe a lot of the blame was placed on the turnovers. And unfortunately, as a quarterback, you have a lot on your shoulders, especially after that USC game where that drive, that potential tying or go-ahead drive ended with a pick. DTR and the Bruins did not turn it over against Cal, where if they did, they very well probably would have lost this game. Even if they only turned it over once and had the turnover margin still in their favor, it seemed like one turnover by UCLA's offense would have swung this game either way. So UCLA ran the football and ran it well. Thompson Robinson ended up with 89 with 88 yards and two running t- rushing touchdowns. You had Zach Charbonnet, 119 on the ground, a touchdown to about five yards per carry. And then TJ Harden comes through with 12 carries, 89 yards, doesn't even get a negative running play, averages about seven and a half yards per carry, doesn't get a touchdown, doesn't get that 100 yards. And then Colson Yankoff, who averaged about five and a half yards per pop, 60 yards about, and no touchdowns in 11 carries. So the Bruins, for a large part, other than DTR getting a couple, getting tackled for loss a couple of times, and that's going to happen as a quarterback, when they handed it off, gave it to their tailbacks, UCLA was moving the ball down the field when running the football. And despite DTR completing 21 passes, had only 189 yards, a touchdown, and the Bruins only allowed him to be sacked once, and DTR hit Jake Bobo the most, 62 yards, seven receptions, a touchdown, and that doesn't even include the two-point conversion late in the game. Bruins come through, and offensively, another big day overall, looking at their offense for UCLA. Even though it didn't seem like they're as dominant as could be or the score didn't indicate it, UCLA overall, with 540 yards of offense, had over 40 more plays ran than Cal's offense, and yet here they were, with their seven penalties, 45 yards, not losing any turnovers, and only winning by a touchdown. And that's kind of the game UCLA's been playing all season wrong, long, right? Because the Bruins have sat there offensively, had their chance to move it down the field, get more done, and the Bruins settled for 35 when they could have had more, and yet, well, we'll settle for the victory. UCLA, in certain opportunities, couldn't rush, run up the score, but for the Bruins, they came through, and were able to get the win. Overall, offensively, you have to give this about an A-, minus, right? You came through, didn't turn over the football. You were able to get over close to 550 yards of offense. 35 points against Cal, which one would have expected against Cal, who's given up quite quite a few many points this season to the Golden Bears. So I would say A-, minus, B plus range, solid effort, very, you know, simple effort, just running the football, going with what made them solid this year, which run the football, do what you need to do, and the Bruins ended up with an A-minus performance. And in the end, the offense needed to step up, and they did. They did indeed. It's about an A-minus performance for the Bruins offensively. 
550 yards, another 30-plus point performance. And while it wasn't the 45 they put up the week before, they didn't lay an egg like they did against Arizona. And the Bruins ended off the regular season with the win and DTR talking as much as he does. It would have been nice to see the offense ice it out at the end there, right? When it was fourth and short. And then Cal got the football one last time. But then it was a big force fumble late. Two force fumbles, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But let, let's talk about the likes of upside. Just know about if there's been ways you've been cutting back due to inflation, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or even buying less from the grocery store. I know holidays are coming up, Christmas gifts. You don't want to cut back. Well, you can start using upside, which if you use the app, it can help you get you cash back. All you have to do is download the upside app. It's free. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED. Yeah, the word LOCKED, like locked on UCLA, LOCKED. And get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times or more cash back with Upside. Download the app. Use the promo code LOCKED to get get money back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And again, use the promo code LOCKED and download that Upside app. In the meantime, just know that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, it's coming down to the end of the year. People may be going for new hires. That can be stressful. Every potential new hire is a high-stakes wager for small businesses. I know we just came around and passed Small Business Saturday. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best qualified candidates available. You can use screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience who you want to prioritize in interviewing and then hiring which is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Again, LinkedIn jobs wants to help you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Rumbling on with UCLA. The Bruins get that win against Cal, ending the regular season in Berkeley, winning it by a score. And it's weird, right? The Bruins don't give up as many points as they had the previous two weeks, if not the previous few weeks overall, right, for UCLA. Bruins gave up 28 points. Last time they gave up less than 30. You have to go back to the anemic Stanford offense that the Bruins faced off before Halloween. And since the scary time of the year, well, the Bruins defense was scary when it seemed like they were on the field as UCLA gave up 36 to ASU, 34 to Arizona, and they could have scored a little more. And then we all know what happened in the previous week against ASU, 48 points and a high-scoring back-and-forth thriller between the Crosstown rivals. UCLA winning at 35-28. The Bruins' secondary was very, you know, I can even see on social media, a lot of people yelling, secondary, DBs, getting burnt, Jack Plummer going through and torching this UCLA secondary because of 12 yards per completion. So they were pushing the ball vertically down the field. He went 24 for 34. He was not sacked once. He did not throw a pick. And he had four touchdowns throwing the football. And despite a lack of a run game for Cal, because of the ability to throw the ball down the field, Cal was able to do big things. Jeremiah Hunter was spectacular. Eight receptions, 159 yards, 153 yards, two touchdowns, 49 was the long. You have Michael Sturdivant, who had a 46-yard long reception. And instead, the Bruins just couldn't figure it out. And Cal, even at the end, had a chance to go down the field with the football and possibly tie the game with a touchdown drive in the final minute, final minute plus. 
against the UCLA defense, which if they threw the ball down the field once and got a playoff very well, they could have done it, but the Bruins forced the turnovers. So it's a weird game to analyze, right? UCLA, you look at them defensively against Cal. You go up and down the board. Normally you see a Leatu Latu, the Murphy twins. You can see a Osling, the third in there, Darius Moasau, Jones Jr. You can see all these guys who normally get in the backfield, sack the quarterback, if not get a tackle for loss. But one, because Cal didn't run that ball that too much, and they still averaged just about three and a half, almost four yards a pop, despite limited success. The Bruins did not have one tackle for loss. And two, more importantly, they didn't sack the quarterback, which gave Plummer time to throw the football, pick apart the secondary, which UCLA has been helped out by times by one, getting a cru- crucial pick or two. They got a crucial pick of Caleb Williams, a Heisman candidate, in the week prior. And then UCLA wasn't able to get that pressure, which can help out the secondary, right? Sometimes bad secondary can be helped out by a good rush and hurrying the QB. That wasn't the case against Cal with no sacks, no tackles for loss. It took two late turnovers forced by the UCLA defense and special teams unit. One, Jack Lander, the fourth, the long snapper, forcing the fumble that UCLA recovered and was able to help them hold on to the lead, right? If you remember, UCLA had a fourth quarter time of possession of over 11 minutes. So the greatest thing UCLA did defensively was watch their offense run for so many yards, have the football for so long that they simply didn't keep a defense on the field long enough to make too many mistakes and gave up 30-plus points, which was what UCLA hadn't done the last few weeks, right? The Bruins offensively had been on the ball about 26, 27 minutes per game. This time, UCLA against Cal stayed on the field, churned out the clock, and despite Cal's ability to go down the field quickly with a deep pass or two, the Bruins were able to get off the field enough with forcing the fumble on the special teams And then the other one was the late force fumble by the likes of Kane Madrano as the Bruins had the recoveries from one, Carl Jones Jr., and then two, Leatu Latu, Latu getting the the, the, one on the punt return, and then the other one coming by the likes of Carl Jones Jr. that ended the game when the Bruins got the recovery when it looked like Cal was very well going to go down the field and score. So it's a weird game to analyze, right? Cal... Didn't get 400 yards of offense. They are kept under 30 points. First time the Bruins had practically done that in a month defensively. So you can go with one of either two ways. You look at the numbers. You say, oh man, UCLA could have easily won this game. It's on the offense. But the offense was rather efficient. The defense could have been torched for more. Helped out by the offense and helped out by a special teams play automatically. Well, special teams gets a good grade because of that, right? Yeah, the likes... Of the Bruins making big plays? Well, no. The Bruins missed a 33-yard field goal in special teams. So in the end, with the turnover and the missed field goal, you get a B on special teams, helped out by the likes of the fumble recovery. Defensively, UCLA, you know, you just kind of struggle back and forth. Led in tackles by Azizi Hearn. Six solo tackles. Mo Osling, the third, with his five solo tackles. No tackles for loss. You really... It's not as bad as the week before. A significant improvement, if you will, in terms of overall status. It seemed like the Bruins, after that second quarter started, could not get a stop to save their lives against USC. Against Cal, they were few and far between, and mostly time of possession saved the Bruins against Cal in a true road game, only their fourth and final one of the season. And, well, I'm going to have to live with UCLA getting, you have to say about a, 
the the front seven maybe not as bad as the secondary. The front seven a B minus. The secondary for UCLA probably a D if you want to give them a D. So for the Bruins, kind of you have to split it up. Get the special teams turnover, get the late fumble forced, and get the turnover. So maybe half the defense, you get the likes of a, a B minus passing grade C plus, just because of what they've done recently, and those numbers look like. And then for the secondary, well, those aren't passing grades. UCLA got torched all afternoon long against Jack Plummer and the Cal receivers. And while they were able to limit Cal's running game and Jaden Knott, who had close to a 300-yard rushing game as a freshman, the Bruins are able to get off the field, give their offense the ball. In the end, they went down and scored. The Bruins' defense got the turnover. So it's between a C-plus grade overall when you balance the secondary and the front seven. And for a team that couldn't get the likes of any pressure, they did what they needed to do, and they got the win. Which is all you can ask, albeit maybe a week too late. And the defense does get a passing grade, but nothing by the means of flying colors. Which some might say, hey, the defense sucks, or this and that. But in the end, a little bit of improvement. Again, maybe more results-oriented, which is how UCLA defense operates, right? They still gave up lots of points at times this year. But again, they got those two picks way back when against Washington and Michael Penix Jr. and kept them off the board for a while, even Arizona State and company, right? And yet here the Bruins are looking and staring down a 9-3, and three, arguably Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. They, they're probably not going to go there, but you get what I'm saying. Expectations were high, and the Bruins sometimes barely passed, and this year they needed to ace those tests in those times and big moments. The Bruins didn't do those, and even against easy tests or easier competition, the Bruins barely passed it and got passing grades, which is the story of this season, which will lead to vast offseason discussion about, oh, was Chip Kelly, how has he been at reanalyzing the hiring, the firing of Jim Moore and what he's doing at UConn? Is there better candidates out there? Is UCLA wanting to be aggressive on the football front? Are they feeling like Chip Kelly, he's building, and this was just another rung, and that he's going to take the next step next year? Those are all fascinating conversations between how the defense performed last year to this year. Better. But you wanted them to be great, and you have to be great. Mostly, you know, you have to be either great or unstoppable offensively to be even considered to be a top 10, top 8, and top 4 team until they expand the playoff, I believe, to 12 teams at some point whenever they stop being greedy. UCLA, we can discuss this all offseason. They do end up 9-3, and three, a chance to go 10-3, and three, send the seniors off, the grad transfers, books and ball, and keep Chip Kelly and his team with that 10-win plateau, which they haven't done in about 8-9 to nine years, and still end off with a nice smile, albeit not the biggest grin or the biggest, most proud fan base. Here they are with the win against Cal. Got those nine wins, and yet we're disappointed. Are we being greedy? A little bit, but there's still more to think about come the offseason and how the 2022 football season ends in the bowl, their placement, and against which opponent from which conference. We'll discuss that all through the rest of it. In the meantime, let's talk more about Nissan. Just know about the thrilling moments with Nissan. This segment's been inspired by the thrilling new designs Featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles, pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Just know, say, hey, what's it going to do? You know, the thrilling moment in college football has been brought to you by Nissan. They've got new lineups. Who was the thrilling moment? Well, I'm going to go a little bit off the rails here. Maybe not off the rails. We're going to have a two-sided coin. Charbonnet, he does things every week. DTR, Jake Bobo, they do it all. They got all the love. We're going to do one. TJ Harden, 12 carries, 89 yards. 
Why not give him some love? Maybe a little bit of Colson Yankoff too. And then you have to give, you have to give Jack Lander the fourth some love. Forcing the fumble, getting all the love at the long snapper. The Bruins excited. He forced the fumble and helped UCLA keep the cow Golden Bears at bay, in the bay, in Berkeley, and UCLA gets the win. So one Colson Yankoff, a little bit as that fourth rushing option for a dominant rushing attack, helped by also TJ Harden, number one, and then the force fumble by Jack Lander, the fourth, on the punt return. So those are your three thrilling moments between the rushing attack and the force fumble for the Bruins to get the likes of the victory against Cal. Again, go check out the new Nissans, available at NissanUSA.com. It's been inspired by thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles, Frontiers, Armadas, Pathfinders. Go check it out. The Bruins getting some big plays from some unlikely sources. Now we transition the final segment of the show. Let's talk about Bruins basketball. UCLA, you know, they came off that very frustrating weekend. Football and basketball, right? In Vegas for basketball, at home for football. And the Bruins, they came back during the week. All they did was dominate as UCLA came through and got the wins against Pepperdine. And then they got the a dominant win against Pepperdine, mind you. And then they got a pretty fairly easy win against Bellarmine, mind you, without Jalen Clark, who missed it due to an illness, McCronin said, and his defense still was very dominant. So a 50-point win against Pepperdine team, who is not horrible out of the WCC. So he came out with an angry, angry Bruins team who posted a century mark and just dominated Pepperdine. Then UCLA... After the Thanksgiving break, considering their tournament, their Thanksgiving week tournament, as almost all college basketball teams have nowadays, they didn't have that. They had it the weekend prior. Stayed at home, enjoyed Thanksgiving, had the next day off, Saturday, everything. Sunday evening, Sunday early afternoon, I should say, the Bruins hold off against Bellarmine. As Mick Cronin says, a team that's tough to guard, tough to defend. They got their five shooting threes. They got players who can shoot. They pass the basketball. Of course, if you've seen it, go viral on social media. The team who doesn't pass, they beat a top, you know, a usually good program in the ACC in terms of Louisville, although they're nowhere near there. Bellarmine, not the best of record at the moment, but I remember last year they went on to win their tournament championship, although still ineligible to play in the NCAA tournament. Bellarmine, you know, one of those teams that Mick Cronin says that you get better by watching them, playing them, and having to learn how to defend a team like that. So in the end, the Bruins come away with a victory, 81-60. to A game that wasn't truly too close. The Bruins found sources offensively and defensively from good sources, different sources. Jaime Hawkins Jr., 27 points, 17 shots. Didn't even make a three, but he was just dominant scoring the basketball. Seven rebounds, only one turnover, but had five impact plays defensively. Four steals, one block. Also, Mari Bailey, 12 points, 9 shots, shot over 50%, and then had 8 assists, did Bailey, and had 4 steals. So, Mari Bailey is the freshman really clicking into gear against Pepperdine and then against Bellarmine. So, maybe he needed to be tested going against Baylor, going against Illinois, and the Bruins on a neutral site, playing away from home. Maybe they've learned their lesson. We won't know just yet until it turns into that Pac-12 opener on the road at Stanford coming up on Thursday night at 7.30 in Maples Pavilion against a eh, maybe now mediocre Stanford. I've seen them in person play well, but Stanford, we'll, we'll talk about Stanford when it gets to it. The Bruins, 
watching Jaime Hawkins Jr., 27 points, a Dembona, 16 points, five rebounds, three assists, doing just about everything, a steal, two blocks. Bona really sparking the team in the paint, getting fed. You have Tiger Campbell, 10 points, eight shots, but 10 assists. So him facilitating the basketball, his scoring and his shooting, it seemed like what McCronin truly wanted in the beginning of the season has not come to fruition for Campbell. But here the Bruins are finding themselves with Tiger Campbell playing better and the Bruins doing what they need to do to win. Going down the line again, Singleton didn't shoot as many threes, but again, five points, three shots, four rebounds, gets in the starting lineup with no Jalen Clark. And in the end, Singleton gets a lot of minutes, just not the shooting or scoring that the Bruins truly wanted. Off the bench, Dylan Andrews, 18 valuable minutes for the youngster. Still had three assists, only one turnover, had to steal four points. Not exactly scoring the basketball, but comes through, does good. Kenneth Nuba, four points in 10 minutes. Bramo Zonka knocked down a triple at three points in 14 minutes. Mick Cronin only using eight guys in a game that wasn't too, too dramatic in terms of it wasn't a big blowout, but it wasn't exactly close. So one would have wondered, maybe should he have ridden his starters as hard? Tiger Campbell playing 28 minutes. You have Jaime Hawkins Jr. who played 36 with David Singleton playing 33 and Amari Bailey playing 32 in a game that wasn't exactly out of hand, but it wasn't exactly close either. So one would have liked maybe the Bruins to see those guys play more. But a lot, you know, you saw Campbell get some minutes off sitting on the bench, 12 minutes, whatever it may be. UCLA basketball gets the win, setting themselves up for a Pac-12 weekend at Stanford at home versus Oregon before the next crucial three games of, or say two games of Maryland and Kentucky sandwiched in between or around the, the Denver game at home. UCLA looking better, doing better defensively, but they still couldn't shoot. The Bruins, 3 of 16 from downtown, 18%, but still shooting 61% of it all when they wanted to, and they did. They inserted. They asserted they were dominant in the paint, 54 points in the paint, 30 points off of Bellarmine's 20 turnovers. So between UCLA's 15 steals defensively, easy points in the paint, getting in transition, getting easy buckets, UCLA was able to take care of the basketball score. And for right now, until they get tested at Maryland, and besides the Pac-12 games, there's still lots to learn. UCLA looks to go into that Stanford game riding high as they are now top 21 team. They're slipping backwards despite winning. A lot of teams in college basketball falling backwards after those Thanksgiving weekend tourneys, Thanksgiving week tourneys, the feast week, whatever you call it. The Bruins sit there and they've dropped back. They've lessened their appeal across the nation despite two dominant wins against Bellarmine and then a very dominant win against Pepperdine. Bruins have their chance, but they have to take care of business Against two teams, they'll be favored against this week, Stanford and Oregon. One on the road, one at home. And the question is, can the Bruins still keep this defensive pressure even if Jalen Clark is unavailable for that game against Stanford? Maybe it seems like the illness is only a one-game thing, hopefully. But we'll see as UCLA picked it up without arguably their leading force, sometimes offensively with Clark's a little bit, you know, three-point shot and his defensive prowess. The Bruins do what they need to do. They win. And they've won two in a row since losing the two in Vegas. In the end, Bruins football wins, Bruins basketball wins. That just means we get a happy eight-clap time, baby. 
And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. Go check out Locked On Sports today. Make that your second listen. Besides, thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each every day. Go like, comment, follow, subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for your support. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!